is the place where real dialogue matters. It is time to take flight with Audio Airstrike. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Audio Airstrike, and I'm Everett Hall McNeil. Thank you for joining us. Um, this is episode 109, folks. Yes, 109. And, of course, you know i got to bring in one of my reoccurring guests. You've seen him before. You know him. You love him. He's here again today, ladies and gentlemen. Always got something to say. Always got something to say. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Henson is with us. What's going on, man? Good to see you again. Good to be back, man. It's always good to be back. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm, you know, I'm living my life, trying to get things rolling in a positive direction. It's been up with you. Um, well, funny you ask because I've I was I had a pretty good weekend. Um, Friday I went down to Starcast. It's their fourth uh, Starcast. They had it in Baltimore um, this past weekend, and it was a pretty it was a pretty cool experience, man. Um, for those of you who are friends with me on Facebook, you know I have pictures with the Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes. Um, Jurassic Express, John Moxley, you know, AEW royalty pretty much. Jim Ross, can't forget about Jim Ross. It was a good experience, man, a good experience overall, positive. Uh, Shout-outs to the staff. We need to start giving sh- more shout-outs on this show. Shout-outs to the staff, man. The, the second I walked in, they were like, what help do you need with anything? Like, literally within seconds that I walked in. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so it was just top-notch, um, top-notch staff point you in the right direction they knew where to guide you awesome i wish i got some of their names but i'm um i added uh one of the the staff people on twitter so shout outs to him as well we had a good conversation before i rolled out it was really good it was really good man really eye-opening and then i went to full gear the following day um aw's uh pay-per-view since they've been on television on more on a consistent basis that was pretty good man the young bucks actually put on a match where it wasn't a spot fest that you should look at. I know we had criticism in the past. I know that was your criticism in the past, but I would, I would, the the match that I would recommend where they're telling the story. And look, and I always, look, I'm not hating on the Young Bucks. Jeff will tell you I'm a Young Bucks fan. However, um, they did, I know you're looking for more storytelling matches, so I would recommend turn on full gear and watch the very opening match. Young Bucks versus Santana and Ortiz. Pride and powerful, or I should say, proud and powerful. Um, it was a really good match, man. It was a really good match, man. You should you should take a look at that, man. From a, from, I think it will I think it will put at ease some of the huge criticisms you have when you was getting your your critic, getting into your little critical bag or whatever on them. So just take it, just check it, check it out. Here's the thing, man. It's not it's not the Young Bucks' fault. It's not AEW's fault. It's not Vince's fault. I'm not into wrestling no more. I've grown out of it. All right. You know, I, I come from a fantastic era of wrestling that's given me years and years of entertainment. I mean, up until, you know, I want to say 10 years ago, I, I watched it religiously. Religiously. Like, I had to be here Monday night. I had to be home Thursday night when it was on Thursday. I had to be home Friday night when it was on Friday. Right. You know, and, you know, up until the whole NXT thing, I really stopped enjoying wrestling and then I started enjoying a lot of NXT. But with with the company and the fans being so iffy and, you know, I just, I, at the point in my life, I'm just not into it like I used to be. I don't want to sit here and be upset about what I dislike about a business that I'm not even running. Right. I you know, I don't, I don't want to have to critique or have to tell them what I want to see. I want them to present me with something that makes me want to see it. And in this point in time, I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not as into it as I was, you know, 10 years ago. So with that being said, I'm glad you had a good time. You know, I might check the match out. I might not, you know, if it crosses my, if it crosses my, you know, things to do, I'll do it. But, you know, right now I'm not, I'm not here to dispute which company is better. None of that shit. I don't give two fucks. Right. All right. That's fair enough. Fair enough, man. Fair enough, man. I mean, it, I had an excellent weekend. It was it was good. Full Gear was awesome. Awesome. Um, very interesting to look at. Um, so I kind of want to start off with some sports news. Um, one of those sports news being when it comes to, um, we might as well start off hot and heavy. Um, Colin Kaepernick 
will be getting a workout. He'll be getting a workout tryout this Saturday. Um, teams are going to be looking at him. I think with, I think there could be a good chance he may get a starting job in the NFL. We don't know for sure. Um, the question that I have for you, Jeff, and then I'll chime in after you, does this come off like a hoax to you? Do you think there is something um, – do you think this is just something that's still put out of fire? Or you think this is legit? There's a lot of different variables that go into something like this. I, I, I don't think I've ever heard of something like this. You don't – when do you – you don't work out with the NFL. You know, you work out with a team – you know, you, you're a free agent. You train with a team. You work out with a team. Then they make a decision if they want to keep you or, or sign you or put you through a training camp. So this whole situation and scenario, it just doesn't seem right. It doesn't sound right. Like, what do you mean you've been, you know, offered a chance to work out with the NFL? You know, so there's that. There's that part of it right there. And then there's the other part of it of I heard that, um, on, on one of the ESPN or whatever uh, show um, that he asked for another week to prepare they wouldn't give him another week um, then there's the, the other variable of they're doing it on a Saturday which the NFL off day is Tuesday so wouldn't it make more sense to do it on a Tuesday? But I think there's benefits for doing it on a Saturday as well. So I don't think that's an issue. But the whole thing just seems weird to me. It's just a, it's just a weird situation. And why now, in the middle of the season? What is the point to be made here? Like what? What you know? What I mean, like it just doesn't seem right. Something's wrong here. Yeah, I get I get where I get where you're coming from. But I'm going to be honest. Um, here's how I feel about it. If you look at Deshaun Watson, if you look at Patrick Mahomes, if you look at Lamar Jackson, all of these quarterbacks are of African-American descent. All of these quarterbacks are putting up great numbers. And I forgot Russell Wilson, too. Can't forget about Russell Wilson. I mean, all he, of these he's quarterbacks. Leading, he's leading discussion in MVP. Right. So, I mean, you, gotta, you can't not mention the guy right. that, you know, everybody thinks is MVP right now. Right. Absolutely. My thing is this, right? So you have all of these influences. You have these guys putting their best effort forward. These are some of the top quarterbacks in the NFL right now. So they all their their styles are slightly different, but the one thing that is apparent, they're all African American. So when we sit over here and look at what these guys are doing now and look at what Kaepernick was able to do, there's a lot of teams that aren't that great right now that would could use a quarterback with either similar skills or somewhere in that range. Those guys could pull up to a Colin Kaepernick workout and really see what this guy's able to do. Like, I mean, let's be let's be honest, man. It's it's one of those situations where if I'm looking at my if I'm let's say, all right, let's take a trash team. If I'm looking at the Miami Dolphins right now, and I'm looking at the quarterback situation. I'm looking about, okay, we need some type of piece to get this going and build around. I'm going to go down there and see if Colin Kaepernick has something left. If I'm the Bengals, I'm going to see if I can, you know, what is what is Kaepernick capable of now in 2020? What is capable? What is Kaepernick capable of now? What is he going to be capable of? What is he going to have in his repertoire that I can use for my team? Because I need to do some serious building into this next season and into the offseason. So it makes sense when you look at who's in the MVP conversation where most of the quarterbacks are black and you now you got a white running back in Christian McCaffrey. Like it makes sense because the the, the how the, things are changing. Yeah, <laughs> very, very, very different. It's one of those situations where it's like, okay, we got – not not even just that. I want to point out that not just, you know, you have talks of a white MVP uh, running back, but also wide receivers. Right. You know, uh, I'm not going to, I can't even sit here and remember his name, but the wide receiver on uh, Minnesota is playing fantastic this year. Th- Ty- Thielen? Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen. He's playing fantastic this year. He's hurt right now, but I mean, shit. I mean, things, things are, and then you got, um, um, Come on, man. Patriots. 
Edelman. Yeah, Julian Edelman, Edelman. You know, who who there's talks of is he an MVP? Is he not an MVP? Is he Hall of Fame worthy? Is he not Hall of Fame worthy? You know what I mean? So there there's just different things in there. Right. So you have all this going on. It is if he this is the perfect time for him to get a shot. This is literally the perfect time for him to get a shot because now you can't sit over there and use an excuse. Teams cannot use the excuse of I'm scared to bring him in because I'm afraid of the backlash. No, you can't. I mean, you got you got a bunch of teams that got similar styles, quarterbacks that are mobile and African-American running around, and Kaepernick was doing that years before any of these quarterbacks came into the league. So now you got somebody, and keep in mind, he still has kept himself in shape. He didn't sit over there, sit out, and let his body break down. No, he still kept himself in shape. Is he is he in football shape? That remains to be seen. But he's still in shape. He's still capable. He's still articulate. And he is still willing to play the game. And I think that should be rewarded. I think that all of the stuff with the protests is done. I think that that message need, that has been you know set aside and that needed to be done. And I think he's all right. I think he's going to do. I think he's going to do great things, man. I really think he's. I think that it would be crazy. I think it'd be crazy not to consider him or not to see him, even if he's a backup, not to see him on an NFL team. I want to play. I want to play a little game here. Now, here's my thing. All right. Let's say I'm going to play two scenarios for you guys. I'm going to say he works out with the NFL. He looks like shit. And we hear nothing back. Now, I'm expecting him to look like shit, by the way. And let me, let me fix this for a second. I'm expecting him to look like shit, by the way. Not for the fact of, you know, I think that he's an asshole and he deserves you know, all the wrongdoings, none of that shit. But for the fact of the matter is he's not football ready. He's not in football shape. Just like you said, he might be in great shape as of now. He's been lifting some weights, putting some weight on him. He might be, you know, doing a lot of working out, you know, getting in in, in very physical shape, but he's not in football shape. He's not able to read a defense and, and, and the speeds and the movements that's coming towards him as if he was three years ago. Mm-hmm. And that kind of stuff right there. So let's say he doesn't get in the NFL and it's for that reason, right? Just just because he's just not physically there right now. Now, I will say this. I do think that whatever they're doing now is, is projected for him to do something next year. So maybe the NFL meeting with him, maybe this is the influence of Jay-Z, but this is for something next year, which means... If he does have a team that's interested, right? This is scenario number two. Right. Miami, definitely Miami. I can see Miami being the number one place to go. Right. Honestly, if we're being honest with each other, Miami's a very good place to go. They had a quarterback who was very similar to him in Ryan Tannehill that they were trying to build around to begin with. Um, you know, now Ryan Tannehill is on Tennessee playing playing his heart out, but. I can definitely see that being a place to go. I can definitely see a team like uh, uh, Tampa Bay. I can definitely see a team, you know, like you said, the Bengals. I don't think the Bengals. I think the Bengals are banking on their new quarterback. I think, Hmm. you know, I think that kid actually does have some skills despite the loss against the Ravens. I think he was showing some good stuff in there. Um. But he got thrown into the wolves. Let's let's be honest. Right, it's trial by fire type of stuff. Now, with that being said, Colin Kaepernick gets tried out with Miami. We're going to go with Miami today. This is my scenario. If Colin Kaepernick goes to Miami, he's going to have a full training camp, which means he's going to be doing full practices. He's going to get in a real field for a defense that's going to be coming full speed. So he's going to start slowly getting back into football shape. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not. It's probably not going to happen in the beginning of the season. He might not look fantastic in the beginning of the season. He'll probably get a lot of criticism. He'll probably get a lot of hate. All that shit. But I think Colin Kaepernick is one of the one of the better quarterbacks to come out of, you know, that era of football. And I think that kid might have some skills, and he might be able to take another team somewhere. Could be wrong. Could be right. I don't know. Now this is what I this is what I'm curious of. 
let's say Jay-Z influenced this, right? This is all Jay-Z's influence. They're trying to come to a mutual agreement. What agreement is Colin Kaepernick going to come to? Do you think the NFL is going to say, well, hey, you're right. Go out there and kneel. That's what got him kicked out of the football, out of the NFL to begin with. Um, Here's my thoughts about that. Well, let me finish. Oh, my bad. Sorry to cut you off. Now, do you think he's going to say, well, let me retract and let me go out there and put my hand over my heart? I don't think think they're going to ask him. I don't think they're going to play that game, especially with Jay-Z involved, to make him apologize for all he did, to make him apologize for the protest. Nobody is... Nobody's gonna do that, um, because that's like it. That's like poking the bear at that point. Like you ask him for trouble if you are forcing him or trying to force him to retract any type of statement that he did. Point number one. Point number two. They would not do that for one, knowing that Jay Z is in the room, and I signed a deal with for and and I representing Rock Nation signed a deal with you guys for you guys to be more aware of systemic racism police injustice stuff of that nature like i signed a partnership with you guys to help out in that regard that would be the worst pr move is for him to come out whatever team he's on and apologize for that why should he and and truth be told i may catch some heat for saying this i don't think he should apologize for that i don't think he should apologize for kneeling because that is that's not a disrespect. He didn't spit on the flag. He didn't do none of that. And that's not even what the protest was about. The protest was about racial systemic racism. I mean, the protest was about systemic racism and police brutality and stuff of that nature. That is what that protest was about. It had nothing to do with the flag. That's what the media and the other people that don't want to hear about that made it to be. So um, in that regard, I don't think he I don't think he has to apologize for it. If he puts his hand over his heart um at the first game he plays in the first NFL game and doggone there four or five years, then nobody should be offended by that because this man stood up for what he believed in and the NFL followed suit years later. They may have not have understood it back then, but you see the if he never stands up and I mean, if he never takes that knee, the NFL does not partner up with JC and the NFL goes about business as usual being not sensitive to those kind of topics. So he made a difference, whether anybody and I don't care if you don't agree with it, but he made a difference. In my personal opinion, because those are conversations like and also you have to understand majority of your players, African-American. Your legend, majority of legends that you have in this game are African-American. The Lawrence Taylors, the Ray Lewis's, the, you know, the Warren Moons, the. You know, uh, you want me to keep going? Jerry Rice, Vince Carter, Terrell Owens, like all of these legends. Randy <laughs> I like, Moss. I like how you uh, name like this era, like our era of legends. Oh, I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm like, just what going. What about the Emmett Smiths? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah but <laughs> the Shannon Sharps. <laughs> you know right. I mean? like, and like, that's, that's still kind of our era. But, you know, like, damn. Like I'm sitting over, like I'm sitting over here. I'm looking at this, and they, and and these are the people that they bring out as legends. And I'm like, majority of these legends, and even people on the current roster, are African American. This is a topic that affects them. I don't care how much they're getting paid. You know what I'm saying? So, in my personal opinion, he shouldn't have to come out and apologize for that. He took a stand. He made a difference. He wants to move on and 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 play. Let the guy play. And he still can produce. God. I know you're waiting for me to chime in, huh? You're just real curious on what I got to say. Yeah, huh? I'm, I'm real curious. I'm real curious. Uh, as all to your white you're... viewers right now are really like, oh, yeah, say something. <laughs> Help <laughs> us out, man. Let's do something here. Okay, so I'm going to help out the white, the white racist viewers real quick. <laughs> I'm going to help them out real quick. I'm going to help y'all out real quick. Get y'all feeling real good. You said I'm going to shoot y'all bail. I do think Colin Kaepernick went about this the wrong way. All right. I'm going to elaborate. What does the flag mean to you, Everett? Honestly? The top three things you can think of. You might even be the same three as mine, but then I'll tell you my top three. 
I've never had somebody ask me that question. That's a very interesting question. Mm. Um, very interesting. Nobody's ever asked you that? Nobody's ever asked me what the flag means to me. What's it mean to you? Um, As a citizen of the United States. The flag represents a certain amount of, um, I would say, pride. Um, okay, pride. Hmm. Hmm. I have to be very. You really got to think about this. We lived in a fucked up world, man. Fucked I have up to. World. I'm just because I'm sitting there because I've never had somebody sit there and ask me. Yo, I got what do you. you. Think, I like, got what you. Do you. Think of the flag, like if. Like, if you had said, what do you think of the American people? I can list off three different things. I, I think that this country has failed you, you know, as an African-American citizen. And I think that this country has failed you because the number one thing you should think of when you think of the flag is freedom. Your freedom should, you know, it should explode in different ways. Freedom of speech, freedom of religion. Freedom, you know, freedom. To be honest, I all of that should all of that should be your first thought. Freedom. I thought, I thought about that. That's what this country's supposed to stand for. I thought supposed to stand for. I thought about that, but I was sitting there like, all right, so like let's look at this from a standpoint. Let's look at this from a standpoint, right? So freedom. Well, well don't dissect much, it yet. Don't dissect, don't dissect it, yet. it yet. Don't dissect all right, it. Yet. All right, cool. Let Let's just give these people right now what you think the flag means to you. I'm gonna tell you mine is freedom. Unity and fallen heroes. Those are the first three things I think of. And it might be different for somebody else. It might be different for you. It might be different for the imaginary person that's not sitting here. Right. But that's what the three things that I think of are the flag. And let me elaborate what I what I mean by fallen hero. This country has been through so many different wars and so many different, you know fucked up situations that we shouldn't even have been in because of poor government poor guidance poor just poor everything don't mind our business shit like that that means that you and i don't matter what fucking color we are if we were in the army or if we were a part of the military we have went to war carry on your thought that means we have bled the same blood. We have bled the same, you know, on the same soil. You know, we fought together in that point in time. We were brothers. And somebody's family didn't come home. That's what that shit means to me. Somebody went out there and fought for this country who other people are fighting this country to be shit, which it's arguable, it's debatable. We're not doing that today. You know, I do know we're not as bad off as some other countries. Right. Um, you know, fallen soldiers. That's what that's what that means to me. And the unity means that, you know, you and I together have the right to be friends. There's nothing nobody can do about that. You know, I'm not looked down upon because I have an African-American friend. This country does not lead by that. None of these things that I've given you have been have been treated with the utmost of respect by anybody, by our government. Our freedom is, is constantly being taken from us. Our rights are constantly being taken from us, you know, you know. Um, and that's why, and that's part of the reason why I find it hard when somebody, well, like when you ask me, what does the flag mean to me? Because all that was going through my mind, so I had to take a moment and be like, well, <clears throat> if I'm going through all this, if I'm seeing people's freedom taken away, if I see people's peace being abused, like, how am I supposed to feel about the flag? Like, it was a hard question for you to ask me because I'm seeing this happen I understand. to people that I care about. And it bothers me because I would love to see freedom and unity, the true definition of it. But when you're living in a country that picks and chooses who should have that, it's like, come on now. Like I like I want that for everybody. I don't care if you're white, like looking like a Smurf. I don't care if you're brown skin, light skin. Like I don't care. I want everybody to be treated the same and fair and treated like a human being. But when you notice that, you know, when you look at the history of what has happened, even especially with the Colin Kaepernick situation, when you sit down there and look at what has happened, 
and the constant hypocrisy of different things and the hypocrisy of what people have said or done over time for their selfish gain and have not taken into account of what how the fellow other man feels, how what the other fellow American feels, it always makes me second guess, should I feel this way? And I hate to say this. Because I'm proud of what our fallen soldiers have done. They made a sacrifice that I don't think a lot of citizens would be able to make. Nope. I am proud of our military. But at the same time, no, I feel sorry for our military because they have to bur- They have to carry on this burden. Families of the military have to carry on this burden. There are soldiers right now that were not treated as fairly in this country as they should have been. There are soldiers right now that didn't get the most proper bit of care that <laughs> led to suicide, depression, CTE, and God knows what else. When I sit over there and I look back and I see that, it's going to make me really pause and be like, like, okay, this flag is supposed to mean this. This is what it's marketed to mean. But I'm not seeing this anywhere as a whole across the whole nation, which yes. made me which made me uh hold my cause to pause at times. Like I had to really sit down and think. Cause I don't want to say something that makes it look like I hate America. I just what I don't like is I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you how I. Okay. I'm gonna tell you why I see those. I see those flags in that three waves because I see the potential. I see. I see what could be and what should be. Mm-hmm. We should and and we're being divided by our own country. Our freedoms are being taken away by, like you said, the corrupt police and and stuff like that. Like cops telling me I have to do. I have to have a certain you know address on my card, even though I have mail that goes to both places. None of that, you know, screw all that, you know, whatever the laws may be, our freedoms are constantly being, our amendments are constantly being tested. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and there's, and here's the thing. I'm going to get back to the point. I feel as though Cap went, went the wrong way about it. I get you chose a platform that everybody could see to do it, Mm -hmm. but it's when you did it and how you did it that really affected really affected the media because you know there's people and then Ray Lewis has said it he came out and said it you know he thinks that what what Cap did was was very brave but he feel he went the wrong way about it and I, I, I feel those same feelings you know I don't think that you should disrespect the flag in whole because this this country that you live in is where you're getting your opportunity, is where you're allowed to make your bread. Instead of disrespecting or, in fact, instead of trying to kneel and stay away from it, why don't you try to uplift and you try to move forward and you try to grow from there? When the national anthem is being played and then you kneel for a flag that people are constantly dying for, it goes, you know, it goes in one ear for some people and out the other because some people go, that's ignorant. That's disrespectful. Here you are making millions of dollars. And, and here you are, you're disrespecting a flag that somebody died for you so you can make those millions of dollars. And that's the perspective and that's the media that twists things to a different level. And that's also the perspective of people that sit there and like, what is this dude doing? He's just a football player. You get and what I'm saying? And that's like, the problem. What, and, 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 and that's the problem that I have with certain people. Oh, he's just a football player. He shouldn't be complaining. That's Let me tell you something. He's a human being first. He's an African-American first. So there's certain things. Yeah, I know he's got some white in him, too. I'm not, not nobody's <laughs> denying that. But I, I'm just saying he has he is a human being first. And when people sit over there and they be like, oh, well, he's a football player. He shouldn't be complaining about anything. First of all, the same issues that he deals with in this country, whether it doesn't matter what your tax bracket is, you are going to deal with certain issues as somebody of color. It just happens. These things are happening. There's deep rooted issues that have not that people have ignorantly don't want to solve. And I have to say this. He did ask somebody of military strong personnel, hey, what's the most peaceful way that I can go about this? And the per- and the guy, I forgot his name, but the military person that he talked with said the best thing that you can do is kneel. And that's where he got that from. Now, and a lot of people don't want to talk about that because that negates the whole issue of he was being disrespectful to the flag. Because he right. went to a <clears throat> he went to a military personnel and asked, hey, what's the most respectful way that I can protest? And the 
military personnel and the person who was of military who was with the military or ex-military at the time was like the best solution is to kneel all right <clears throat> i'm just want to put that out there because i don't I want got to you. Yeah, you i know like what I mean? it i like i like the extra information for the For the masses. For the misinformed. <laughs> for, the, <laughs> for the misinformed. Which, which is that, the masses. putting it lightly. Now, now that I've, you know, made the the white racist fans of yours feel better, let me let me go back and let me get to the real point. The number one thing I said when I said, what does the flag mean? Freedom. That means that man should be able to, you know, impeach his, and, um, <clears throat> you gave me the fucked up one, didn't you? Because I'm white. No, that ain't nothing to do with that. If you want, just hold it. We good, we good. We gonna do that shit. We professional up in this motherfucker. Give me this. The number one thing this dude did was he chose his right of freedom of fucking speech. Now, we can agree to disagree that he went about it the wrong way or he didn't go about it the wrong way. He chose his right of freedom of speech, which therefore he should not have been disciplined for. He should not have lost his job, his sponsors, none of that shit for. Because you cannot stand by the flag for all of the other reasons and then disregard the fucking main reason of what this country stands for. Mm-hmm. Freedom. Remember, this country was so far, so so fond of ah, we were found on freedom, but yet we came and, and we migrated here and stole the fucking land from other people. Not just that, raped and pillaged too. <laughs> you know, sad as that is, that's what the fuck we did. And now we're telling somebody that they can't make a living. Right. The country we lived in is is, is destructive. It is hell-bent on one one you know keller of person being right over another keller of person this is why me and everett is black and white we come together and we can coexist together like normal fucking people because we're normal fucking people Mm -hmm. we don't think like you other people think you know i don't i'm not gonna sit here and say i've never had a racist thought Everybody has a racist thought. Ever had a racist thought earlier when he started mentioning how all the best quarterbacks are African American, which is not exactly true. Oh, I was saying, I was <laughs> you know saying, what I mean? if you like, look at the legends, I was, I was, my point was, and I just want, I want to clear that up. My point was is that when you look at the legends of the game, a good portion of them are African American. So it does affect. So that's what I mean. I ain't trying. I wasn't trying to. I gotta make sure that's not misquoted. I wasn't trying to say that. Are you good? I, I, I meant with the, the NFL. I, I just meant with the quarterback thing. You said that that could cap be considered because all the best quarterbacks right now are African American, which is one hundred percent not completely accurate. Oh, and not just not just that, but also because <laughs> of the scheme. If you notice, all these quarterbacks are mobile, like Kaepernick was. I was talking about more so of the, the definitely the Reed scheme is there. I right. mean, even the new Bengals quarterback is is a bit of a runner. Tannehill's a bit of a runner. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got there's a lot of quarterback. Like uh, I think that's pretty much what um, what's Cleveland's bus name again? Not Johnny Manziel, the other one. Are you talking about Baker Mayfield? Baker Mayfield. Yeah. <laughs> you like what I did there, don't you? <laughs> he, said, he said the bus boy think that's pretty much what he was good at in college you know what i mean like he came here and they tried to make him a system quarterback I hate to i mean a drop back quarterback hey buddy you're not that great of a drop back quarterback you're more of a scrambler mm-hmm. and you scramble right and that's it of course they're going to stop you but to, to all that defense right to drop all that back down this is this is this is the country we live in to where this man stands up for his freedom and he stands up for his rights, but yet he gets shunned. And, and whether he went about it the right way or the wrong way, he should have at least been allowed to express in further detail mm-hmm. to everybody in the media right. why he did what he did. But instead, he was shunned. And that's the, that's the country we live in. Yeah, and it doesn't make so. it right, and it's a sad, it's a sad situation. But I, you know, to look on the bright side, he's finally got his shot. 
Um, this protest is, I consider it over. Um, this protest is over. He's finally going to get his shot. And NFL teams do not feel as pressured to continually blackball this dude or continually turn a blind eye because they don't <laughs> want to catch the heat. Now it's like, oh, okay. Because that was the that was the reason why teams weren't picking him up. Because it's like, look, I don't want the heat. I don't want to deal with this circus of dealing with the media and every question is going to be about him and people are going to look at me sideways like I'm racist. I just don't want to deal with that right now. And so to turn around and have to turn around and have this happen, I think it's it's definitely a positive thing. I get I I, I think it's a positive um I think it's a positive look in the right direction. I think it's definitely a positive look in the right direction. And, and and you know what? I wish him the best of luck, and I hope he makes it into the NFL. And then we have great classic games against him, and, and NFL can strive. Mm-hmm. I want great football again. That's all the fuck I want. That's all I care about when I'm watching football. Right. You know, what he does outside of football is his fucking business, and if I choose to watch that portion of it, I will. But right now, I care about football. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and and another person that I don't think cares about football is Antonio Brown. Mm. Let's talk about it. Before we do that, move that mic to the side. There you go. You're good. Oh, swing that that way. All right, cool. You're good. Um... So yeah, man. I want to. It's funny you bring him up because I, I don't know what to make of Antonio Brown anymore. I feel like before he even thinks about playing a game, he needs to check his mental health first. Um, there is serious. I I bring this up all the time. There was a hit that Vontez Burfick laid on him, and this is back when he was with the Steelers. It was Steelers versus Bengals back when that rivalry was at its peak. Vontez Burfick laid a hit on him, and I thought he died. This was years ago. Yeah. Ever since then, slowly but surely, I have watched Antonio Brown' mental health decrease. It's been slow. Because first he was having problems with the Steelers, being a problem in the locker room. Then he went to the Raiders. There was problems there. Then you go to New England. You get cut. Not only that, there were reports that you rubbed Mr. Kraft the wrong way. That ain't going to keep you in that locker room long. So, and then, I'm not even, when it comes to Steelers, I'm not even going to get into the fact that him and Juju got into it over Twitter. And who knows possibly what was going on personally. I'm not going to get into the fact that he was getting into it with, um, doggone it, with Gruden. Uh, Raiders head coach and basically it got to a point where the general manager was not going to put up with it anymore and said alright here's your release I mean it's it, at some point and then you're making tweets saying F the NFL and then at the same time you're saying oh I can't wait to play like it's this it's too bipolar for me it's too it's too bipolar for me it's like I don't know which Antonio Brown I'm getting and if I was running a let me tell you something Everybody sitting there worried about Colin Kaepernick. I would take Colin Kaepernick right now over Antonio Brown if money was on the line, if I was on a bad organization, a bad team. Just on a simple fact, at least I know Colin Kaepernick is not doing with any not dealing with any mental issues on the level that Antonio Brown is. Just saying. I'm just saying. I think I think I think you know what you were getting at is he definitely has some some CTE which, you know, isn't detectable you don't know if you have cte until you're dead right and i think that's the number one problem with sports is is these guys you know and it this goes back to the chris ben wall story i mean that they opened that dude up and his brain was like a 90 year old man mm. and you know i'm sure that affected everything that happened with chris ben wall r.i.p to his family and all that stuff but i think this is the what antonio brown is slowly going through and you know, I hate to say it because as much as I dislike him as a person, I love him as a football player. He's one of the best to ever do it. And 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 what's sad is is we're being stripped of great wide receiver, you know, viewership. We can't even get to see that now. 
you know, and that's and that's sad because, you know, imagine if he was still on the Patriots right now. We'd have a different story. We'd have a different, you know, topic about us, you know, the Baltimore Ravens versus Patriots. It might have been a lot more competitive. Right. And and I feel as though he stripped us from that because whatever he's going through, whatever he feels he's entitled to, and I get football players are are larger a lot of them, especially the big stars, are larger than life. They feel like they are football. Yeah, there's a responsibility. See, when you're a big star, you got a responsibility. If you're the no name on that team, you don't have to deal with the post interviews and stuff like that because the media is not checking for you. When you're a star on that team, you have to do the post interviews. You have to carry it a certain way. There's a certain responsibility that's there. So when you see Antonio Brown acting out, it's like, whoa, what is this? Like you're just giving the media more room to dissect, to nitpick, to figure out "Mm, what's up with this guy. Stuff of that nature. You're just asking for it. It's like one big circus it becomes. And here's the thing. I want to see Antonio Brown play football again. If 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 he as has some, if he has healthy. something if he has something wrong if there if he definitely has signs of CTE I think he, his family should sit down with him and they should tell him you need to stop playing football you need to take your money and you need to invest well and create a life for you outside of sports or maybe become an analyst or something at this point with all the allegations and all the sh- antics and shit he might not even have that but I will say this Michael Vick now has a show on uh espn and we all know what he did right so everything is forgivable unless you're Colin kaepernick apparently (laughs) (laughs) we're just joking but (laughs) but you know you know i hope he plays again i'd love to see him play again i hope he can get whatever the hell's going on with him wrong should he be able to play again that's not on me that's on the nfl if if he definitely sexually assaulted a woman Maybe somebody needs to sit down with him and let him know, like, look, you, you got some issues and you need to get that shit worked out. And mm. I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, I don't blame you, man. It's one of them situations where, where it comes to Antonio Brown, I know people want to see him in the league because he's that talented. But to be honest with you, it is not worth risking any more damage, any mental health issues. It's not. Sometimes it's just not. If there's one thing that I've learned from watching, um, I remember uh, Andrew Luck hang up his jersey um, after years of playing. Um, Sometimes you have to look out for your physical health over anything else. Um, Sometimes the ring isn't worth it. Um, Sometimes the the playoff season isn't worth it. Sometimes playing for that team isn't worth it if you're going to be a vegetable when it's all said and done. It's not worth it. So it's one of those situations you have to look out for you first. I don't care who's in your ear telling you this and that. That's for their own selfish game. But you have to look out for you first above anything else. And and you have to do it. And sometimes, depending on who's around you, if this is the right type of circle of people, you may have to do it unapologetically. You may have to do it that way. It may warrant that way. Yeah. But it's one of them situations, man. If, if, if Antonio Brown's even thinking about playing this game, he better – he better. I'm telling you right now, he better take care of his mental health first. Take care of his mental health, physical health, outside health, whatever health he needs to take care of. He needs to get it out the way. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree. Now, speaking of wide receivers, Josh Gordon, it seems like there may have been a shot at Brady that he said in his comments. Interesting. Um, He said basically, and I quote, and I will pull this up here, after he found out that he was being traded to Seattle, he basically said, and I quote or paraphrase, seems like at this point in my career, I'm trending upwards in quarterbacks. Do we think that was a shot at Brady? Because he was a New England Patriot. Now he's a Seattle Seahawks. Here's the thing. If you're coming from Cleveland and you say that, understandable. Now... You can you can look at this two ways. If he's saying, you know, Tom Brady is definitely the GOAT and he's one of the most amazing quarterbacks to ever touch the football, which he is. <clears throat> now, I'm not even a Brady fan, but he is. But he doesn't have that oomph anymore. He couldn't get the ball to me. Now I got a quarterback that can. 
leading MVP, you know, et cetera, et cetera. That makes a little bit more sense, but specify that. Stop being subliminal. Be a man. Stop because he's also known for his stupid fucking antics. So there's that too. He's also known for being a headache. So there's that too. Don't be coming on here criticizing nobody's career when half your career you've been sitting out because of fucking fines and suspensions. And that's the bottom line. And I'm done with that shit. Another fucking wide receiver that, you know, robbed us. Great, great talent and robbed us. And that's why he's still playing time. Yeah, right. That's why they people still give him a chance. Cause it's like, dude, you have <clears throat> if Josh Gordon had stayed away from weed and stayed away from different things of that nature and, and whatever stuff that he was dealing with, um, he could have we could look at him as like easily top five greatest wide receivers of all time, and that's because we've seen <laughs> I don't know about all time, man. But some people would maybe have, maybe a top ten of this era, all time. You getting crazy right now? You know, I mean, Calvin Johnson, Randy Moss, Deion Sanders. Some, some people stop playing with me right dog, now. Why do you Terrell think Owens? Deion Sanders was not a wide receiver. Stop. I mean, it. not Deion Sanders. Uh, <laughs> you talk about me? <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. I'm slipping right now. Right. My my thing is this, man. I, I'm just saying, like, because the, his talent was that good. Emmanuel Sanders. <laughs> Emmanuel oh, okay. Emmanuel Sanders of this era. He's not even top ten, top five of this era. You can't say that statement and, and say it so blatant like that. I'm saying I'm saying because that's how people looked at him and be like, Oh my god, look at the talent. He, oh my he, god, look he at the He had this. enough oh god, talent to be top ten of this era, I feel. Cause you you gotta think, man, Julio Jones, AJ Green. I mean, just look at the talent that's out there. DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas. I mean, come on. And he top a- five of all time. You said of all time. You ain't okay, you I ain't just say. I but I, I can't retract that. I mean, dad, you just go through my throat. Like, yo, you better not say that ever again. <laughs> but all time. Like, I don't even think he had college numbers that were saying that he would he would have been projected to be that great of all time. You know, that's what I mean? how they were hyping this guy. Every time that I talk, every time that I talk with somebody about Josh Gordon, I'm like, yo, he could have been a killer. He like, could have. He could have been. Yo, he could have just. He used to eat the Ravens the whole- up. Eat the Ravens up. But you can't. But like the statement you made, boy, you gotta be careful. I recant, with them I, can recant the, I can recant the statement. It's cool. I'm not. It. I'm not mad about it. I, I can recant the statement. It's fine. Yeah, recant that statement, boy. And then now we got like the Tyreek Hills, and then we had the Antonio Browns. Right. I mean, come on! Look, look, look! I, I'll say this: he come had a chance. On. He had a chance to Omari be. Cooper, Des Bryant. Like, come, come on, on come man! On. He, he could have been better than Des. Come on now. I mean, Des Des fought some injuries, but Des was the man at one point too. Right. Terrell Holmes was the man. Ocho Cinco was the man at one point. Right. Like all of these guys were the men at one point. What? See, I'm gonna tell you what. This is totally off topic, but I'm gonna tell you what separates greatest of all time for me: durability and everlasting. How long can you play that position? You think Gronkowski is a great tight end? Right now, yeah. do you just think he's a great tight end? Like you think he's over his career, he's been a great tight end. Yeah. You think he's gonna go down as the goat? As the greatest tight end? No, that's probably one of to, the greatest tight ends. He'll go down as one of the greatest. You he's think not. so? I don't think he can. Why you say that? We had guys like Antonio Gates. We had guy. I mean, and he played. I think he's still playing. You want to know what trumps that? We had guys. Hardware, uh, huh? You want to know what's going to trump that? What people are going to use to trump that? Hardware, hardware, multiple rings. <sighs> there, there's so many different variables to go into hardware and you know and stuff like that. You know, you you can't take somebody's whole body of work, right, as a single position and say, you're not the greatest tight end of all time because you didn't get this ring that is created for a 32-man roster to go and receive. You cannot do that when it comes to a position. Yeah, but some people will do that, though. They can do what they want, but I can tell you what they can't do. They can't match facts and numbers. Okay, he's got three rings. But what is it? Is it three rings or is it two rings? I don't remember how many rings he's got. Honestly, I don't. I don't really care either. But <laughs> but you can't put him in the same position when you got Tony Gonzalez out there who played that long in that position at a high level at that position. When you got guys like Todd Heap that was out there, it's arguable he might be better than Todd Heap. But like you know, you had 
Antonio Gates. You had there's just so many great tight ends. Right. Jason Witten, who's still playing. Jason Witten's still playing. You know what I mean? Like it's just too many. Right, uh, Jeremy Shockey. Whew. Jeremy Shockey was the man. But just can't do that. You know what I mean? You, you and, and that's where that's where I, that's where the greatest of all time debate comes in. Debate comes in for me. Mm-hmm. What you do over the body of your career? How did you contribute to those wins? Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong; he was a great player, but like he he retired early. He didn't put his time in, man. He got his he got his rocks and rolled. So well, and also you got to think injuries caught up with him. Yeah, when you get hit that many times, like he looked unstoppable, but he, but but towards his last year, it was like, oh, he's really hurt. Durability, man. Right, he's really hurt, man. You six foot seven, six foot eight, going out there catching balls, getting hit. And he may looked unstoppable, but people were trying to hit him as hard as he could, and it just, mm-hmm. it, I mean, ju- it just, it just, it just caught up with him, man. I mean, look, I'm just saying, like when it come when it comes to the goat talk, we, you know, we and I would love, I would love to get us together for a ringside and do a goat talk on positions and stuff. I would love to do that, especially get Dale in here. <laughs> but yeah, it should be interesting. I mean, here's how I feel about Josh Gordon. Um when it comes to saying stuff like that, you can't do it subliminal. You can't afford, especially, to be saying subliminal messages, whether they're a diss or not. Because somebody will pull up the, oh, well, you have all this on your rap sheet. You can't, who are you to come at anybody wrong? He sounds like that one night stand who's upset that you're getting married. That's what he sounds like. You upset because they cut you. Because you weren't putting nothing up, and you want to blame somebody. That's his team. That's not your team, buddy. <laughs> go be successful. If that's exactly how you feel, then go be successful. Show it, on the field. Show it on the field. Why even take shots at something you're not even going to win at? What did you do in your career versus his career? You're not going to win that. Right. So, congratulations. See you later. Good luck in your career. Speaking of giving people luck in their career. We got to talk about, normally I don't talk about this team at all. Um, People have been debating what is making the Dallas Cowboys um, a contender in the mix uh, for the last couple of years. Is it truly Dak Prescott or is it Ezekiel Elliott? Um, That has been a debate. Um, People have been debating, okay, how good of a quarterback is Dak Prescott? People have been debating, uh, is Zeke declining? Um, this is stuff that has been going around, and who is to blame for the losses? Jeff, I might kick it off to you because you have been strategically looking at these Dallas Cowboys more so than I have. I'm not going to say I've been strategically looking at them, but I will say what's the number one position on your football team? Who is your leader? On any team or this particular team? Any team. Where does it start? Usually starts with the quarterback, right? Starts with the quarterback. So if the quarterback is calling for you to run the ball and you're running the ball mixed with the offensive coordinator, then where's the success coming from? The quarterback. So if the quarterback's throwing three touchdowns, four touchdowns, and they're still losing a game, who are we blaming? The head coach. There's nothing There's nothing that we can sit here and do. We can sit here and say Ezekiel Elliott's declining. We can say that Dak Prescott's not a great quarterback. We can say he is a great quarterback. We can say it's not Ezekiel Elliott's fault that he can't get, you know, a hole. None of that has anything to do with them as players when that offensive line's not what it was. Those coaching plays are not what they should be. You know, we can sit here and I can say, well, they were second and two on their loss against Minnesota and decided to throw the ball three straight times when Dak Prescott just went six for six and marched down the field for 60 yards. So now we're going to take the ball out of his hands and put it in Ezekiel Elliott, who had 47 yards. So you're telling me that's what we should have did? You know what I'm saying? And who am I? I don't run. It's not my team. I'm not a fucking offensive coordinator. I'm not a head coach. But I will say this. A lot of people think they are. <laughs> and a lot of people think they are, but they're not They're not being paid to do that position. So this is what I'll say. Dak Prescott's a very good quarterback. 
I don't think he's the best. I do think he has growing potential, and I do think that Ezekiel Elliott has definitely slowed down when it comes to numbers. He's only projecting 100-yard games when they go against shitty-ass teams. So with that being said, I do think that this game, this team starts with Dak Prescott, and somewhere down the line, that head coach needs to get his head in the game too because they're losing games on a weak defense, and they're losing games on bad play calls. Well, they're already calling for his job. They've been calling for his job here and there for a while now so i don't know i don't know what's it going to take for it to get to that point um you know when it comes to jason garrett and his play calling or whatever and stuff of that nature i don't know what's it going to take you know what i'm saying i think there's something they got to have a conversation with get it together and figure something out because that's what i think um needs to happen um in terms of you know at the end of the day i hate when people try to split the team like try to say well it's Dak's team no it's Zeke's team no this is a team that works together to get things done that's what they do well before you say anything I think a lot of the the issue is you paid in Zeke Elliott this Zeke Elliott this crazy amount of money and when you paid him this crazy amount of money you're expecting him to play to this dollar amount mm-hmm. <clears throat> you don't this is why running backs don't make, you know, that much money because their their success isn't just, you know, on the quarterback or their success just isn't on the offensive line. It's mm-hmm. also their success is also on the offensive coordinator, which the cube, the quarterback, you know, position is also based on all of those things. But you have a better chance to put the ball in your hands and to make a throw mm-hmm. or to come up with a scheme or, to, you know, to just have a better read than a running back. A running back has two directions, you know, left or right. Right. They get the ball in their hand. They can't make no decision after that. Mm-hmm. So if that offensive line <clears throat> doesn't give them the hole they need and they got to scramble to make their own holes – a lot of times you're not going to have success doing that like a quarterback. A quarterback can scramble and a quarterback can hit somebody who's running off stride. You know, that's just how it is. So your quarterback is definitely what makes your team. And I think that a lot of people are expecting Ezekiel Elliott to be, you know, the next Adrian Peterson or whatever, but he's not. You know, he, he made his money and it seems like he's, you know, easing off. And that offensive line's not what it used to be either. So there's a lot of different variables here. Yeah, but it's, it's the normal one variable is it's not my team and I don't give a fuck. So. <laughs> <clears throat> well, we'll leave it to you Dallas fans to figure that out. If the problem is Jason Garrett, is the problem Dak Prescott, is, that, is the problem Ezekiel Elliott, who knows? Well, we ain't Cowboys fans, so y'all figure that out. I'm going to tell you what they did third and two, right, real quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they took Jason Witten off the field and they took Ezekiel Elliott off the field. Good job, Jason Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Um, I wanted to get into Jeff. Can you explain um, what happened with Nate Diaz in The Rock and what that was all about? Oh, so basically, so basically with The Rock, and and by the way, since you're a big film buff, The Rock is doing a, a, a I don't know what would what would you call it? like a documentary about a life? Not a documentary, but he's making a movie biopic. A, biopic. He's doing a biopic on. Mark Kerr was one of the founding MMA fighters. You know, he's, he's an old school heavyweight fighter. Mm-hmm. He fought in like the original UFC. And uh, he basically went down in health and, you know, drugs and, you know, all the shit that you deal with as a fighter. Right. You for know, Kobe. losses and shit like that. And, right. And fighting in front of a crowd for 30,000 people to go in from not fighting in front of nobody. He dealt, Mark Kerr dealt with that his life. And The Rock found that story to be fascinating. And he said, I'm going to do a movie on it. And he announced it at UFC. I'm not even sure what UFC it was. <laughs> 244, maybe? Yeah, that's a I might, I might sounds be wrong. about right. Don't quote me on that. But, um, so basically he was there to do that but this is how it all got introduced Jorge Masvidal said I would love to have the rock here to put the belt around me for the BMF belt <sighs> Nate Diaz was like that's cool but that should have been Mike Tyson 
you can't have a bad motherfucker belt without Mike Tyson there to put it around somebody's waist. Right. It seemed like The Rock was more on Jorge Masvidal's side, both from Miami, Miami boys. And, you know, they were cutting it up more. He wasn't really too chatty with Diaz. And and uh, in the press conference, you know, they were asking Diaz about the fight and everything. And he was like, I want a rematch and yada, yada, yada. And he started going about, you know, the whole situation. And then he was like, and fuck The Rock, too. You know, I'm a big fan of ballers, but he can get it, too. That's pretty much how it is. That's Diaz being Diaz. The Rock, I think The Rock actually came out and talked about it. Yeah. He basically said, you know, that's why we love Nate Diaz because Nate Diaz is genuine. Exactly. So, this ain't The Rock's first barbecue. It wasn't too much, but it was definitely, it was funny. I liked it. It was cute. Look, man, The the Rock is Houdini when it comes to how to deal with media. You're not going to get him out of character, bro. You're, You're not. not. You're not going to get him out of character. And he's, and, he's, and he's older. I'm not saying he's older, dirt, but he's like older. He's smarter. He takes care of his body. Like, you're not going to get him off kilter. You're not. And he's, a, he, and he's an untrained fighter. I'm 100% sure. I don't care how big he is. I'm pretty sure he doesn't want to get in there with a trained jujitsu killer. No, not at all. You know what I'm saying? It, he, it he just ain't stupid. Not. He's not stupid at all. He's very smart. Very smart. But yeah, that's pretty much what happened there. Oh yeah, I mean, look, look, it's uh, it's some good stuff look, going on. In Rock MMA. got a job to do. He gonna do it. He gonna promote his movie. I'm not mad at him because I'm in the same field. So it's one of those situations where, look, I got a job to do. I'm gonna promote a movie, uh, make a good appearance, entertain the people, and 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 move on and do what I do best. Like, I'm, um, and, you know, at the end of the day. The evolution of trash talk in the UFC over the past 20 years has been something exciting to watch. Um, And this is another layer of, you know, why you want to see the UFC. Um, Because they realized, because there used to be a time, there wasn't that much trash talk in the UFC. It was like these two guys are going against each other, getting their fight, we're being done with it. Oh, yeah. Now, um, especially, you see that, you used to see that more with boxing than MMA. Now, it's flipped. Well, this is, the, this is the Conor McGregor era. And I'm going to call it the Conor McGregor era because he made it oh so famous. But this is the era of trash talk and media for the UFC, where they did not have this as much back then. You had your Chael Sonnens and you had your Bisbings and, you know, you had your, your Tito's and all that. But it was more physical media. Like, oh, the, the stare-off was intense. You know, it was, you know, where you had your Chael son and he'd hop on the mic and, Anderson Silva, you absolutely suck. You know what I mean? That That is kind of what made it where it is. And Conor McGregor just took it. And, I mean, this dude talked himself into a mega fight with Floyd Mayweather. Mm-hmm. He did that in a year. It took Manny Pacquiao 10 years to get the fucking fight. Right. Keep that in mind. He talked himself into a fight in a year. It took Manny Pacquiao, one of the greatest fighters of this fucking time, 10 years to get the fight with Floyd Mayweather. So let's let that shit sink in for y'all. Yeah, man, it's interesting, man. It is very interesting, man. And and it's one of those situations where, look, I enjoy a good buildup. Jeff will tell you. Mm -hmm. I enjoy a good buildup and good trash talking. If you can do that. You keep me interested. We were pro wrestling fans for a reason. Right. And the reason why he fell off, because none of them guys can talk and keep him interested. Well, that has been another, <laughs> that has been another edition of Audio Air Strike. Jeff, man, thank you for coming on. I oh, appreciate yeah. it, man. I always. I really do. I really appreciate it. Um, until next time, everybody, we, got, we will have another episode for, for you. And also, I want to say this. Um, coming up in 2020. Um, we will be doing something where we will consistently be dropping episodes mainly on Sundays. So we'll be doing Airstrike Sundays, which that will be the pop culture uh, episodes um, talking about the stuff we talk about today in sports or in um, movies or in, um, you know, just basically all pop culture that's going on. So we're going to mark we're now shifting something a little different where now. Um, those episodes will come out on Sundays. Those will be our airstrike Sundays. 
and we also are going to be doing um we're also going to be doing earlier content throughout the week talking about life goals and motivational stuff um i will figure out a date for that but if all else um if this goes well i kind of want to start doing two episodes a week um one for the motivational content and the life stuff that goes on and then the other for the pop culture stuff that goes on i feel like that's needed um i've been debating back and forth about this um but i feel like it's needed for um where this platform is going and what the people need um it's something that especially with the stuff that's going on people need we need more content that's going to inspire us we need more content that's going to push uh you know, push everybody's mental health and physical health forward. Um, and we need to have conversations that, you know, to get better understanding. So we are going to have conversations on several aspects of life. Um, and also we're going to, of course, keep, uh, everybody happy with the pop culture topics that'll be going down. And we're going to do our deep dives, our, you know, our, our run throughs of those from a social, a logical perspective, from also a psychological perspective. So we're going to keep that rolling for y'all. Um, until next time, everybody, take care, y'all.